Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Libras. Almost forgot your username there. Uh, it's been a little while. We've taken a couple weeks off. We've been working on some other projects that we're doing for the YouTube channel. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but we're back. We have some news. We have some non-news to talk about. Brian Gutekunst just wrapped up his presser at the Combine, where he said a lot without saying anything at all. He is the ultimate king of that but uh we've got some other stuff to talk about we're going to talk about free agency we're going to rank our top five packers free agents who we uh most want to re-sign we're going to talk about possible salary cap moves that can be done salary cap moves that we don't want to be done and uh it's just a kind of a kind of a laid-back show just hitting things that we've missed in a couple weeks that we've been gone but i'm excited to get into it how are you doing bro yeah i'm doing good griff i'm glad you didn't forget about me too much but here we are (laughs) we're sitting here in the off season a lot to talk about also like we said we just got off uh watching Brian Gutekunst say nothing for 30 minutes, and that was good. So uh, here we are. We're going to talk about all that. And, yeah, a lot of things to discuss, and we have a, both, you know, different ideas about where we want this offseason to go, how we want it to go, what moves should, shouldn't be made, and let's get into it, buddy. I'm excited. You always talk about Matt LaFleur and how he says nothing at all, and that's I think that's you and I's biggest pet peeve about Matt LaFleur. But Brian Gutekunst makes him – he makes Matt LaFleur look like the best head coach at the podium of all time because Brian Gutekunst, you ask him a question about Zedarius Smith, what, like, every single question, I just know what he's going to say. I know it's going to be, yeah, you know, Zedarius has been a great player for us, and uh, we'd love to have him back. <laughs> that's, that is literally the answer to every single question, and yeah. it gets really old. And that's why we're here, Griff, because as the faces of the franchise, Brian Gutekunst and, and Matt LaFleur in that front office... Um, as they say nothing, we're here to say something, and hopefully that uh, gives us the chance to give the fans a little bit of perspective on how we feel about the moves that they should and will be making. So, um, like I said, Griff, what do you want to start with? Let's get into it, because there is a lot of things to talk about and um, a lot of moves that could be made. So, I mean, the number one that we always start with is Aaron Rodgers, and, and that's the main topic of discussion, right? Um, you know, his future... It's it's up in the air, but it also seems like it's coming close to an end in in the sense that he'll be coming back. And I feel like that's where everything is trending, and that's the things I've heard, and I, you hear a lot of the reporters talk about it. That's kind of the direction things are going. So what do you think about this whole situation now as, as we approach the, the point where Rodgers might finally, might finally inform the team that he's coming back? Yeah, I do have to once again give credit to you, Braun, for uh, after after we lost to the 49ers, you saying that he's going to be back and me saying, uh, <laughs> what did I say? I was like, there's no chance. You're living in a dreamland. Yeah. I think those were my exact words. That, that was, uh, was, yeah, that hurt pretty bad, actually. Look, dude, I was in a bad, I was in a bad place at the time, all right? I had a bad few days after that game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do have to give you credit. You were, you were right. You can say I told you so. But uh, yeah, I mean. I told past, you so. For, thank you. For the last couple of weeks, it seemed like it's a pretty much for, a foregone conclusion that Rodgers is going to be back. I mean, it's not official yet, but like, what are the? Imagine he like remember last Tuesday, Bron? We were gearing up for Rodgers to be on the McAfee show. McAfee was teasing it on Twitter. We were like, "This is it. This is the announcement." And uh, he gets on. And he's like, "There won't be any new news today." And it's like, "Oh my god, dude! What? I've, this is just this has gone on for too long." But can you imagine if he got on that show and was like, "I'm retiring"? <laughs> I started to get a little bit a little bit jittery before he came on because I was like, "This might this might actually be a retirement." But uh, ended up being nothing today. People thought he was going to be on today. He didn't come 
him on today. So, you know, after the game uh, against the 49ers, he's like, yeah, I'm going to make a decision before free agency. I kind of expected that to be like before now, March 1st, but uh, it sounds like he's going to take this time all the way up until free agency, which, you know, uh, it's kind of annoying, but I guess you do you, Aaron. And uh, it, it does seem like he's going to be back, though. Just I, I don't think we've done a podcast since the Packers brought back Tom Clements, but they bring back Tom Clements, 68 years old, uh, Rogers, old quarterback coach who he has a lot of love for. And do we really think the Packers are making that move if Rogers isn't coming back? Like, there's no chance that he would come out of retirement to coach Jordan Love for a whole new co- coaching staff, you know? And also, the like, we keep getting reports about this this new contract that the Packers are working up for Aaron. It's going to be short-term, highest-paid player in the league. That's what we're hearing. Like, would they, would they really engage in these contract discussions, Aaron's camp, with the Packers if... Rodgers was really leaning towards retirement I don't think so I don't know why he can't come out and just say it I guess he's going to take all the time that he needs but yeah I think we're both pretty sure that he's going to be a Packer next year well Griff we remember our video that if you haven't seen it yet it was from last offseason when everybody it's was still so relevant sure. it's still relevant in fact it's it's becoming more true and more true every single time you watch it but uh we said in that video that should we just Rogers- re-upload that Ron Maybe, but you can watch it. You can watch it right it's now. Not you just anything. Go back. Go yeah. back to our. Uh, it, it's our most viewed video. It's got thirty-eight thousand views. You look at it and you watch that thing back, and it's relevant today. It was. It was true last time, and and it's still true. And the main point of that video was about Rogers using the leverage of his play to get the things that he wants, which we you know we know at the time was the idea of long-term security being the starter was, you know, all of the above. Some of the things he wanted more say in personnel or at least being involved in the discussion. Some of those things are now here, and he's got that. But now I think what he's using, this is just my theory, and I've talked with a couple people um, that agree that this could be the case, is that he is kind of holding out until they get Devante a new deal. And I think they are in cahoots together, actually, which would not be a surprise to anybody. But I think that him and Devontae are working together to both get long-term deals with the Packers. Um, And my theory is that Rodgers is saying, get Devontae Adams done, and then I'll be back. So I think that's probably in the works. That's that's just my guess, but I feel like it's, it's pretty... It's a pretty educated guess based on some of the other things that we've said in the past, Griff, and, and the way that this is going. We know that Devontae does not want the franchise tag. We know that the Packers really don't want to use the franchise tag because they don't like using it, um, evident in the fact that they haven't used it in so many years. Um, For real. But they, you know, the numbers are going to be tough on Devontae because there were reports that he wants $30 million. There were reports that he wants over the 27.5 mark that DeAndre Hopkins has. Um, but, you know, the Packers apparently didn't like that, obviously, because that number is actually quite a bit above the next best number, which is around 23 and a half. And, and Green Bay didn't see DeAndre Hopkins' uh, contract as that number one salary. They didn't even look at it. Um, so that was where the standoff was. And they've been talking or whatever, right? But now we have to figure out, as, you know, from a Packers standpoint, can they get Devontae Adams done? And, and if that means, you know, signing him to an extension – that fits what Devontae Adams wants, then is it possible that, that that's the, uh, I guess you would say, the, the straw that stirs the drink in this case, um, which then would allow Aaron Rodgers to finally 
uh, commit to the team for this season and beyond. So maybe that, I'm thinking, is, is that domino that's expected to fall at some point. I feel like all these contract discussions like between Rodgers and the and the Packers and the Packers and Adams, I feel like they're just so much more nuanced than what we're able to hear from uh, these reports because the only window we have into these discussions is from these various reporters who, like, I, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, a little bit of a tangent about the state of NFL reporting because when I was a kid, I used to believe every single report. I used to believe everything I heard on TV as gospel. But now it's like well, I want to know what the percentage is of accurate reporting that goes on in the NFL because I feel like so much of it is just used to fill headlines. Do I sound like Aaron Rodgers here? I might, but it's like these reporters, man, they just put out anything they want and there's no repercussions for when they're wrong. So it's like they're putting out anything and any, anything and everything that they get texted about, that they get calls about from who who knows who is giving them this information. And with what agenda, right? They all have an agenda. Yeah, yeah, and most of the time the agenda is just, it's not like anything evil, it's just like they just need clicks on their website, which is what they no, get not even the No, so. not even the journalists, Griff, the people that are telling the journalists oh, these yes, pieces yes, of information. Yes, the agents, yes, right, the agents right. absolutely have an agenda, where uh, Devontae's agent is going to leak that he wants $30 million, just so like he can drive up the, the idea of how much Devontae Adams is worth. That's how That's how it works in the NFL, so I feel like... I can just never trust any of these reports. And, uh, like, is is Devontae really hyper-focused on that $27.5 million mark, even though that's really not what DeAndre Hopkins is making per year? Who knows? He might be, but I feel like it's just a lot more complicated than a lot of people make it seem. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you, you look at that, and it's like, I think about this Diana Rossini report, right, that oh Rodgers, I mean, so dude, I remember, we remember the J.J. Watt situation that haunted me for months. Uh, when all the reports were coming out that he was a Packer, right? He was going to be a Packer. And Diana even goes, oh, J.J. Watt is down to the Titans, Bills, and Packers. This is three teams. And then, just like everybody predicted, he signed with the Cardinals, um, which I'm being sarcastic. Not a single person actually mentioned the Cardinals at all, including all these reporters. So it's just the, the reality, and it's the sad reality, as you really discover it, is that none of these people know anything more than we do, Griff, and it's unfortunate for them. Um, but it is the truth, and it's a sad truth for sure. So now we we have to kind of rely on ourselves, knowing more about the Packers' state of, of where we are as a football team than these national reporters do. We have to rely on ourselves, and I feel like the fans have to rely on us as well because we are much more plugged into what's going on locally with this team than pretty much any of these national reporters, um, and that's the problem. So we uh, look you looking at this situation that we're in now as a team, is it about what Devontae wants from a money standpoint? Or is it about what Rodgers wants from a money standpoint? I think it's about the respect. It's about what the money means or signifies. And they just want the respect from the team. And that has to come through being labeled as that highest paid guy. And because they could get that somewhere else. And that's just the nature of the business. And they deserve every penny they get. Um, but even, you know, whatever I, I talked about this, you know, like what if there was a scenario where the Packers went to Rodgers and asked him to take a pay cut, which maybe could be $10 million or $15 million from his annual salary, but they use that money and he's involved in the discussions about where that money goes? I feel like Rodgers could agree to that. And I feel like the Packers, if they wanted to save some money while also fielding a better football team, I feel like that's something the Packers would certainly consider because it does not hurt to have the greatest quarterback in the league. It does not hurt to have his voice being involved or heard in discussions about players. 
and Aaron talked about this when he came back in that first press conference he had. There's guys that have come to him over the years wanting to play, but the Packers weren't listening, you know, and these guys would have came in on minimum deals. They would have came in to play for Green Bay just because they have a chance to win a championship playing with the best quarterback, the MVP, back-to-back. There's guys that are probably willing to do that, and this offseason is a great opportunity where if they want to go get some free agents, they might be able to because there's going to be guys that want to chase a championship. The Packers have... You know, if not for the Rams, they have the best roster, the best chance to win in that in that NFC without Tom Brady being there. Obviously, the Packers are right at the forefront of it again with Rodgers. So there's going to be opportunities to add guys if the Packers are willing to listen and let Rodgers do some recruiting, which he he's the most powerful recruiter they're going to have. It's not Brian Gutekunst, it's not Russ Ball, it's not Mark Murphy, it's Aaron Rodgers because of the weight he carries around the league as the back-to-back MVP. If they go and let him do a little bit of recruiting where he can talk to a guy about just coming in, being a, a role player on a special football team where the money won't matter because we're all going to get a championship ring at the end of the year. Rodgers has some say there, and I feel like he'd be able to get some things done. Yeah, and he like he said it's it's not about the money, so I feel like... And he debunked that uh, <laughs> that report from ESPN about... it was What was it that he wanted? $50, 50 million dollars a year, and like... That literally that report got Greg Jennings on TV ranting about how selfish Aaron Rodgers is. One report, bro. One report got this guy losing his mind on TV. Like that is so it's so annoying. Like, would you wait for a little bit of confirmation or anything? No, he's just gonna go on and start uh, bringing up all the old things that he's talked about. We've missed a lot. I'm now realizing, Bron, we didn't we didn't get to talk about Greg Jennings making a fool of, fool of himself on TV once again. Annual tradition, but uh, like. There are ways that he can take a pay cut this year and he can still end up being the highest paid player in the NFL, which is what Rappaport has been reporting is what this eventual short-term contract is going to end up as, as him being the highest paid player in the NFL. But we've got this TV deal coming up in a couple years. Uh, the cap is about to boom. So like same thing with Devontae. We can give these guys contracts that look massive. Same thing with Zedaria Smith a few years ago in 2019. Like these contracts look huge and have everyone saying, "What? why are they paying him that? much but in in the long run they're backloaded with a a lot of guaranteed money that can be spread out throughout the length of the contract add on void years which are becoming so popular and uh it ends up being just standard nfl contract and it's not as crazy as everyone thinks it is so uh, if if they structure rogers contract in a way it can end up clearing up a bunch of cap space this year up to 15 million dollars is uh what ken ingalls is saying on twitter uh, that would be very helpful for this year's team, and also it would show Aaron the respect that uh, he's looking for. Yeah, fans really need to like just not worry so much about cap because these teams, there's so many ways that they're navigating the cap. Like they are not worried. Even the Packers, who at one point were like negative 50 million, they were you know 50 million over the cap. Like they're not even concerned. But like every fan that I talk to or hear from is you know, deathly concerned about how they're going to fit Rodgers and Devontae. And, uh, but the problem is, is they don't understand the nature of, like we talked about and you just mentioned, Griff, uh, you know, less cap hits in the first year of a deal than they expand. But as the cap space goes up each year, those numbers that look big, remember when Rodgers was paid $33.5 million and that was the most paid in NFL history? Then Mahomes now just got 45, and then Rodgers is probably going to get somewhere around there too if, if, if he gets that kind of market value deal, which would make him the highest paid. If he's going to get that, he's going to, he's going to surpass that. And this was like, what, when did Rodgers re-sign that deal? 2018? I mean, now you're looking at, 
this is not even four years later, and it's looking like an absolute bargain. He's getting the same payment per year on this deal currently as Jared Goff. Like, and his cap hit right now of $46 million is the market value. And, and people looking at that deal in the past were probably like, whoa, $46 million. Like, at that, that, he's going to be cut at that point or something or traded. But, like, $46 million, yes, it's a big number. But, like, that's still, like, you know, the same annual value that Mahomes is getting right now. And it's just like that's the way the, the league goes. The money's going to continue to grow. And pushing that money into further years, it, it's like – it's just basic inflation. This, this money isn't counting for as much as the years go on, and there's much more money to go around. Yeah, and if it weren't for the pandemic, that $46 million would be probably even less than it is right now. Like, right now, $46 million is definitely a lot for any player, but if it weren't for the pandemic, if the salary cap didn't take a hit in 2020 and 2021, that number would probably be the just, like, the standard number for a top 10 quarterback in the league, but... COVID obviously altered a lot of things, so it still ends up being a lot of money, but in the future, it's definitely not going to be that much, and a lot of quarterbacks are going to be going to be getting paid like that. Exactly, so I'm not concerned about these market values for even Devontae. If we were to pay him $30 million, fine. Like, he deserves every penny he gets regardless, and, and when you look at it that way, like, guys, are, once Devontae gets 30, then Stefan Diggs, when he gets up for a new deal, is going to want 31. And, like, that's just the way it goes. Like, these guys are all going to get paid more and more, and Devontae's just the next guy to go. Uh, and that's how it's going to go. And, and I am not worried about the cap. It's none of our mo- It's not my money, Griff. It's not your money. It's not the fans' money. This is, this is money that's delegated for teams to spend on players. It doesn't matter. I mean, just spend the money, like, where it matters. I'd rather have Devontae at $30 million than not have him, have him at all. I'd rather have Rodgers at $50 million per year than not have him at all. Because we're not going to win without those guys. So it's important to get them back. The money doesn't matter to me. And it really shouldn't matter to anybody else as well. And we've had Devontae at a bargain price these last few years. Because he was he was extended in what? After the 2017 year? Uh, I think at the tail end of 2017 he was extended. And he was paid like, you know, like a top 10 to 5 wide receiver money and even that deal I remember thinking wow he could probably could have gotten a lot more anywhere else but uh and these past couple years when he's been the number one receiver in the league it's like he is he's been such a bargain for the price he's been at but uh now he's his payday is up and it's time for him to get paid and uh luckily Green Bay has the franchise tag which they hate to use but we do have that and so maybe we can just keep... This is another thing with the reporting. Uh, we're hearing that uh, that the Packers and Devontae have had no communication and that, that all talks of an extension have been off the table for months. But then Gutekunst says at his presser today that they're in constant communication and he had a great talk with Devontae after the season. Like, I don't know what's true. I don't know what to believe. But uh, I, I'm <laughs> obviously hoping that they're able to bring him back on an extension and the franchise tag doesn't have to be used. But in all likelihood, it, it, it probably will have to be. And before we move on, let's just hit a little bit of a news that's happened in the past week. Of We've actually restructured the contracts of Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, and David Bakhtiari clearing up, uh, what was it, $23 million of cap space. So it still leaves the Packers a lot over the cap, but it takes that number from around 50 down to what? what is it at now? Like 28. Something like that. Yeah. 28. Nice, yeah. It puts us, I mean, uh, so, think about it. Those were three moves, and, and you, you now are sitting at about half of what we had to get over, right? We're sitting only now about 28. You get Rodgers done. You you lessen Devontae's number. You extend Jair. There's moves that can be made that you're not even cutting guys, and you're creating space to the point where 
we're going to be able to get under the cap pretty much with ease. And they've got those moves ready and prepared. Um, but now it's just about executing them. Let's talk about those moves because uh, I posted on Instagram last week a, a variety of different moves that the Packers could make to clear up a bunch of cap space. These two moves, an Aaron Rodgers extension and a uh, releasing Zadarius Smith would to put them back under the cap just those two moves alone but uh i'm aware that you are not all for cutting zadarius smith so that's what this segment is going to be we're going to be talking about potential salary cap moves that could be made that uh we are not 100 percent in support of i'll start i'll go with uh releasing preston smith which i've seen thrown around a little bit that would clear i think 12 and a half million dollars but i just do not think that that is worth it because preston i think has been such a reliable player and he had a little bit of a down year in 2020 but 2021 he was really a just such a reliable presence at the edge position never misses a game and assuming that they are going to cut Zadarius Smith which I know Braun you disagree with but assuming that they do do that I would not want to cut both Smith brothers and leave that uh, position very bare bones so now Braun you can talk about Zadarius Smith I'm assuming yeah well I you know I'm actually going to go in a different direction on the first one I'll save I'll save another for Zadarius Smith but I I really don't think that they should move on from Randall Cobb and that seems like everybody just is assuming that Randall Cobb is going to be cut. And you look at that cap number that he has, and it's actually uh, $9.5 million, which is pretty ridiculous for, for anybody. Um, you know, he is obviously a 32-year-old, and he's a receiver. Um, that's a pretty big number. That was what he was going to get paid with the Texans, and now that's carried over to what he's got in Green Bay. But, um, you know, based on the conversations I've had over the years, Green Bay is where he wants to be. Um, if he was to get released outright, he'd prob I don't know if he'd definitely retire, but like, I don't know how he, I doubt he wants to play anywhere else at this point. Right. So to me, like you just look at what he's brought to this team last year as a great, um, he's a great player. Really. He is like, he's valuable to this team and he made some plays. Right. But he's also such a great presence in the locker room. He's an incredible human being. Um, and he wants to be in Green Bay. So I think if they were to adjust his number, um, and, and he probably would be willing to take a pay cut if I had to guess. Um, so I, you know, yes, they need to lessen that cap number, but I would not release him for sure. I would not release him. Um, and I definitely would keep him around, hopefully at a smaller cap number for sure. Yeah, that releasing Randall Cobb is definitely a tough one because I feel like it's hard to predict <laughs> what Aaron is going to, what his opinion of that move would be. It feels like he would kind of insist on Randall sticking around considering that he single-handedly traded for him last summer. So uh, even though he's 32, I, I think that there is a good chance that he sticks around, but it's definitely going to have to be for a much lesser number because nine and a half for a 32-year-old, like you said, that is that is way, way too much. And Randall, he has some great moments in 2021, but uh, not a, not a nine and a half. <laughs> he's not a nine and a half million dollar player. So I don't know if that would involve cutting him and re-signing him at a cheaper deal or like, I don't know how the guaranteed money works on his current deal so I don't know how that's going to work but if they can come up with some sort of agreement where he's making a lot less I'm sure he would uh, be okay with that because I don't think he's going to get a lot more on the open market uh, I think that he would love to come back and I think the Packers Aaron Rodgers as well would love to have him back but it would definitely have to be a lesser number now I'll give you another one here Ron that I know you're gonna 
you're going to agree with me on disagreeing with this one. Releasing Mason Crosby, that saves about $2.4 million in cap space for this year. But I think that is not, not a good idea, cutting your kicker in March before you can even get any kind of competition that you're even a little bit confident in. I feel like that is very reckless and not a good idea. And I've seen it thrown around. Uh, surprisingly, I've seen it thrown around a lot on Twitter recently in the past couple months. But I do not agree with that one. Gudikins kind of hinted at uh, Crosby being around for the 90-man roster in training camp. So I'm, I'm hoping that he he sticks with that that plan yeah obviously you know how much I value Mason Crosby um I do not want to see him released in fact I'd prefer that he would get an extension of some kind look I've talked about it before there was a lot of chaos surrounding everything with our special teams unit and he had a new holder this year with Corey Bajorquez as the punter he had a, a, a long snapper switch um from Hunter Bradley to Steven Wordle at you know in a in a middle point of the season and that changed everything. The blocking was horrendous. It was a new coordinator. I mean there was a lot of stuff going on and am I making excuses for him missing kicks? Yes, but he's also, you know, there were blocked kicks, bad snaps, bad holds. So when you look at it from that standpoint, um I certainly think that Mason Crosby deserves a chance to work with Rich Pisaccia. Um you know, if they get Bahorquez back, they that would be nice cuz I feel like he punted well at the beginning of the year. Um you know, that's a move that they're going to have to look at too. Um, but they need a new long snapper. They have to get somebody, and then they have to keep it that way, and hopefully they get it right. Um, but the operation needs to be much better, the blocking, all of that. I'd like to see Mason have one more crack at it because he deserves that right. You know, he had one down year, but there was a lot going on around him. I feel like he deserves the right to prove himself again, and I'm confident in him. And I think Brian Gutekunst is as well, calling him a championship-level kicker. Um, and that's the kind of kicker you need when you're trying to win playoff games, um, trying to win a Super Bowl. You need the kind of kicker uh, to to make big kicks at big moments, which Mason, obviously, we all know, has done that many times over the course of his career. Yeah, and I think you're more of a Crosby defender than I am, but I do agree that you could tell at times this season he was definitely thinking about the possibility of his kicks being blocked because the hesitation was there and some of he had some games where he it was like he was the Bengals game, that's it. You could just tell he was in his own head and he kept missing kicks and I feel like that definitely factored into his uh his kicking success in 2021 so if you can get him another year to get more comfortable new coordinator hopefully more stability around him then I think he's gonna have another bounce back season as we've seen him do before you know 2019 or 2018 he had an awful year 2019 he bounces back what was it 2012 I think he had a really bad year but 20 they stuck with him in 2013 and he bounced back and he's been one of the most reliable kickers in the league of this generation for sure he was a lot of times you could tell concerned about the whole operation, and he's trying to do other people's jobs for them. And then it's tough to go kick the ball after you're concerned that the, the snap's going to be good, the hold's going to be there, the blocking's going to hold up. When that's going through his head, he's not as confident in the operation, and he had no reason to be, you know, he had no reason to be extremely confident in the operation. Um, but when that stuff is going on, it's obviously harder to focus on his own job, um, and that made things more difficult. So, you know, there is reasons why he didn't have as good of a season, and I feel like if, if we get things shored up with the you know the hiring of Rich Pisaccia, that's the big the big hire right like this is the one thing that can probably help bring things together and and deflate some of the chaos um, that's been that's been going on at that in, in this whole unit and I feel like we can get back to Mason being money as as he always has been. 
Do you think Crosby is the longest tenured kicker in the league? I can't see who else there. I mean, he's been around since like, that Super Bowl. When when did Tucker get drafted? I'll look that up. He was drafted in 2012. Mason was there, obviously, in our, in our Super Bowl, so. Yeah, I think he got drafted 09. He got drafted in 2007. <laughs> oh, yeah, my he's, God, he's really dude. Yeah, that's crazy. I thought he was drafted 09. That's nuts, dude. Hang on. Is there, like, an article about this? Because I feel like he might be. He definitely is. Who's been around for now, what is this, 15 years at the kicker position? Not many. I can't think of anybody. Yeah, I'd have to go through every kicker in the league, but I feel like he's definitely got to be the longest tenured. So. Even if he's I, not, feels, I mean, he's been here for yeah. so long, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like every good team's got to have that franchise kicker, right? Like, it's obviously not as valuable as something like a quarterback or a wide receiver, but it feels like every good team they always have that kicker that's able to make reliable, make kicks reliably, and stick around for a long time. And the Packers have had that in Mason Crosby, and I also feel like he's had these bad seasons, man. But he is so underrated when people talk about kickers. No one brings him up, and it's it's kind of upsetting that he's had a bad year because I can't really I can't really jump on that. Band wagon too much but uh actually i think i made a post about that the week before the Bengals game which is when he had his complete meltdown so maybe i should avoid talking about that well he actually as if we re- if we can recall um he had 16 kick field goals in the year of 2020 and he made every single field goal yes so he that's that, yeah. uh, he had a really good year bit of a down year obviously this year and I expect him to come back, and unless one of these other young guys on the roster somehow beats him out, um, I expect him to be back kicking for this football team and, and doing it at a high level. And let's hear your uh, your final uh, <laughs> salary cap savings move that you don't want to be seen made, Braun, because I have a feeling. I have a yeah. hunch of what it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's obviously Zadarius. Uh, who who wants to see your team cut good players, right? Like, he's one of the best pass rushers in football. Who wants to see good players get cut? I know the Packers don't want to cut good players, but you know under Brian Gutekunst, that's not a move that we would make. It's just it just doesn't make sense for our football team from a winning standpoint, and it might have to happen. You know, I don't. It doesn't seem like Zadarius is all that opposed to being you know done with Green Bay. Sadly, you know, based on the fact that we saw. You know, he put he took all the Packers stuff off his Instagram. He unfollowed the Packers on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's unfortunate, really, it is, because uh, he definitely loves this fan base. He loves the city. He loves his teammates. He loves playing with Rodgers, and he loves playing with Preston and all those guys. Like, he definitely loves being on the team, but he definitely feels also slighted by the front office for some of the things that have happened over the course of the last couple off seasons. And now it's going to take a lot of reparation in order for him to be back, not only with the relationship between between him and the front office, but also with his contract, because that cap hit of $27 million is the second most on the team behind Aaron Rodgers by a lot. Um, and it's a big number, and it's going to be tough to keep him at that number. But, you know, Brian said he was open to potentially, you know, altering his contract to keep him around, but he did say that Z would have to be willing to accommodate that. It would it would really be a shame if we had to let him go, especially in a, in just a, a cut and release situation. That would definitely be tough to swallow. It would suck, man. Everyone loves Z. I love Z. It sucks that he's missed that he missed all of 2021, but 
it just feels like it feels like everyone's assuming that this is going to happen that and i feel like everyone's right about it going to happen because it immediately clears up over 15 million dollars in cap savings so i feel like it's just the he missed all of this year and the packers they didn't really they didn't really miss his presence a ton while he was out all season so i feel like it's just too easy of a move to make for them to move on from him and knowing how much it's going to save like you can do the restructure you can do the extension you can do all the void years unless you do like 20 void years you're not going to match that 15 million dollar in cap savings number that you'd get just by releasing him so i feel like that's just too easy of a move to make unfortunately the way i think of it man they're gonna have to move on from somebody right like you can't just give everyone these extensions and these void years i mean theoretically maybe you could but i feel like the, it you we're gonna have to go through one heartbreak i it could be Cobb, it could be crosby it could be z i feel like it's gonna be z though there's nothing you enjoy about getting rid of good players man i mean i think zadarius i'll say it again he's one of my favorite players one of the top pass rushers in football um i and i you remember griff we talked about this on the last episode of this podcast I said in the face of everybody saying that Preston Smith was gone, whether it was guys like Rob Domovsky, Andy Herman, name your guy on the, you know, in the Packers media Twitter world that said that Preston Smith was gone. And I was really like the only person that was like, I don't think he's getting cut. Like, am I the only one that doesn't think he's getting cut? Like, why are they going to cut a good player? Like, it just doesn't make sense. They'll, They'll work something out contractually with him. And we saw that they did. I was right again. You can tell me that I was right again, Griff, and I was. And you just look at that, and that's like Z is even – like Z is better than Preston. It just doesn't add up to me. If they, I get that they're in a really tough cap situation, right? But if they can make it work, they absolutely will. I think cutting him is probably their last resort. So um, I would not be surprised to see him back. I wouldn't be surprised to see him cut at this point either. Um if you asked me a week ago, two weeks ago, I would have been surprised if he was cut. But now, after the the way that he's kind of like distanced himself from the Packers, I feel like it's it's more likely than it was. But you know, it's uh, it's certainly not a good thing, and and I'm not looking forward to his eventual departure if that does come. Another thing we missed. Uh, Mike Pettin signs on as an assistant coach in Minnesota under a new uh, head coach, Kevin O'Connell. And guess who follows him? None other than our outside linebacker coach, Mike Smith, who has been such a good piece for the Packers coaching staff in developing guys like Rashawn Gary, Rash- uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, turning them into superstars their first year in Green Bay. He's a great coach, very well spoken at the podium, but he is now going to be wearing purple and gold, sadly. And uh, what do you know, right after he signs, guess who tweets eyeball emojis, his favorite emoji on his phone, Zadarius Smith. So that could be a reunion. <laughs> that would really suck. Maybe that's the only reason we don't move on from Zedarius. And that's the problem too, Griff. I mean, you're cutting Z, and if he if he is to get a free reign of going wherever he wants, why not go to Minnesota with his two favorite coaches and and you know what I mean and get to play the Packers twice a year? Like that's the problem. You can't just. It's not like you're just saving money. With that money comes consequences. You now are putting him onto another team that's also trying to win and compete for a championship. And if you're doing that and he goes to a team within our division or even just within the NFC, that's a problem. I mean, you might have to face him once, twice in the playoffs with anger on his mind. We know how good he is. He came back from his injury, missing all season. First snap he plays, he sacks Jimmy Garoppolo, makes an incredible move and just uses all the anger and power that he had. That's how powerful he is as a presence on the field and he's such a good football player. 
Who wants to lose that? Like, everybody's just like, up, oh, Z is gone. Money matters. Like, the, forget the money. Don't you want Zadarius on your football team? Like, these fans are so concerned about getting cap space, and we need the money. We need the cap. Like, I like Zadarius Smith. I think he's very good. It would be terrible to see him on another team, let alone our divisional rival. I want him back. Is that so bad? It's not so bad. I want him back, too. But, you know, you got to make some tough decisions, man. We're $30 million over the cap, man. I mean, you sound like the cap geniuses on the internet, Griff. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just being real, dude. May I say that you're living in a dreamland? Am I allowed to say that? Last time you said that, you know what happened. Yeah. Well, not I yet. Could still be right yeah. about that. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet but yeah, we all know. That way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final segment of this podcast. Uh, we're going to rank our top five Packers free agents that we most want to resign. I, uh, I, I'm sure we have some differences here, so let's go over it. I'll go first. Okay, so these are Packers unrestricted free agents only. Not, none of the restricted or exclusive rights guys. Only unrestricted Packers free agents. Number one, obviously, you have to go with Jack Heflin. He's a young okay. <laughs> Number one, you have to go with Devontae Adams. Number two, Devondre Campbell. Are we lockstep so far? Okay, let me go now, too. I'll go with you. So, number one, I'm going, obviously, Devontae, and I also agree with you that Devondre would be next on my docket. So, who's your number three? Okay, my number three. I go with one Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oh, okay. See, I actually have Rasul mm. Douglas as my number three. Um, I, I, almost, I almost put Rasul at, at three. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, look. Where you coming from there. M- Marquez is obviously really valuable. We want him back. Um but I think I'd rather have Rasul just because we can do things differently at the wide receiver position, but I feel like it's important to get our, our core defensive players back because that was what was really lockstep. Um, in that playoff game, the defense was incredible, right? Rasul was as big a part of that as anything else. The revamp of our defense mid-year, um, he needs to be back, and so does Devondre, obviously. With Marquez, uh, we'll get into him too. I'm going to give you my number four which is Marquez. So that, that he is he's the next guy I would say. He's obviously our best deep threat. He's our fastest player on offense. He's super valuable. Um but I would I I wouldn't be like shocked if he wasn't back. They need to add another receiver like like a legitimate receiver. They do need to do that. And if it's at the, you know, at the loss of Marquez, you know, I could see it happening. I don't know. It's tough. I, I, we obviously want all these players back. He's number four out of like the twenty guys that are event, like that are going to be free agents. But uh, when you're when you're ranking them, I just think Rasul's a little bit more valuable for us at this point. They're the same yeah, age, think, actually, too. Are they twenty eight wow, years that's old? Crazy. Yeah, I feel like Rasul is so much older. I I feel the exact same way about Rasul. I think it's it's very important to get him back. I'm sure it's a priority for them to uh, get him back. But when you're if it's down to one or the other, I think I'm going to lean towards MVS because well, in general, I value offense more than I do defense, and I also feel like. Rasul, he gets how many pick sixes this year? Three pick sixes. Uh, no one's really expecting him to have three pick sixes again. And uh, interceptions, those are kind of a, those are like, there's a lot of variance with interception numbers. And he was really good in coverage a lot of the time, but uh, I don't think he's going to be able to add the value in interceptions that he did last year. Where we look at MVS, and when you look at the splits of the offensive performance with and without him, it's such a difference. Imagine if we were able to have MVS in that playoff game, I feel like we're able to hit on a 20-yarder, and we 
we did not have any big plays in that game, it feels like, minus one or two, maybe. But I feel like MVS, at such a higher ceiling for this offense, literally, <laughs> he can go further down the field than anyone else in that room. And also, you look at depth, because I'm looking at, take away MVS from that receiver room. We have Devontae, who's not even under contract. Uh, Amari Rogers, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, like, these are just, like, all these guys, they none of them can bring what MVS brings to the table. And speed-wise, route tree-wise, uh, other than Devontae, who can do anything. But he, he doesn't have the speed that MVS does. And uh, he knows Aaron. Aaron knows him. Aaron likes him a lot. He's comfortable throwing him the ball. So if you take him away for the last dance, which who knows if this is going to be the last dance, but if it is the last dance and you're taking away one of Rodgers' guys, I feel like that's not a great thing. Whereas in the quarterback room, you take away Rasul, it sucks because it's such a loaded room right now with Rasul. But you take away Rasul, we've still got Jair. We've still got Stokes, who had a really good rookie season. We've still, well, Chandon Sullivan is a free agent too. So, uh, but he, and so is Kevin King. So maybe that room is more empty than I'm thinking it is. But yeah, I just, I feel like. Like, uh, bringing back MVS at the receiver position means more to uh, this team's chances than Rasul does. Yeah, well, you made a good argument there, and you've almost got me thinking about changing my pick, but I'll keep it for now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, it's, gotta, it's good you to have... Stick to your guns. Oh, of course, right. But, I mean, MVS is certainly valuable. It's, I mean, it's like splitting hairs when you're talking about three and four of the 20 guys that are is, yeah, going off is. you know, it's in very the free close. Yeah. So, okay, then give me your number five, because this could get interesting. Number five, I went, I feel like, I went with Robert Tanyan. Who'd you go okay. with? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. That's, yes, he's important. I, I went with Whitney Merciless, actually, which Whitney may surprise. Merciless. That may surprise some people. You love him. I know he's you very love good. him. <laughs> well, because think about it. If we're going to lose Zadarius, like everybody's assuming, right? Well, wouldn't it be great to have another veteran as that third guy instead of rolling out Jonathan Garvin, who is just so purely average? Um, I feel like Whitney is very good. Uh, and he's got, he's only 32. He's not overly old by any means and he played good football with us he'd be cheap he'd be on a minimum type deal just like he was I think he wants to come back I think it would be a good move if we were to lose a Darius a good way to supplement that is to get another really good veteran in there who has a lot of experience playing with elite pass rushers like J.J. Watt I think it'd make a lot of sense and I feel like he would be so valuable to the defense if we were to lose a guy like Zadarius even if not I would like him back because he he is very good so I like having good players if I haven't mentioned that already I get where you're coming from. I'm not on. I'm not as high on Whitney as you are. I feel like if we could, we could sign someone on another vet minimum deal who could bring to the table what Whitney does, or we could draft someone on day two or day three who could bring to the table what he does. And I don't think it'd be much of a drop off. But uh, uh, Robert Tunyon, I kind of feel the same way about Tunyon. But it was it was kind of hard to pick my number five here. But Tunyon, I just feel like that tight end room without him was so was so just below average it was like none of those guys really uh, no offense Dominique Daphne friend of the show who we love but uh, none of those guys really turned into like none of them had even close to the season the season that Tunyon had in 2020 even Tunyon wasn't having that season before he got injured but I feel like bringing him back for another year of Rodgers where we're going Super Bowl or bust again uh, I feel like that's very important to put a guy in that room as the starting tight end who Rodgers is comfortable throwing with who is a friend of Rodgers I feel like that would uh, that would be very beneficial for this team next year. Yeah, with Tunyon Griff, uh, look, I love him and everything, but we don't know with his injury what it's going to be like. He's so valuable. I feel like he's really valuable. Like you said, you, you pointed out how good he is. And even when he wasn't playing as well, like he still opens up the field from a, a passing standpoint. And 
when he's playing well, we saw what he did in 2020. He was like the focal point of our play-action offense, especially that rollout stuff we've talked about a ton, third-down conversions. He's very, very good, catches everything. He needs to be. He needs to remain with the team, but I feel like it won't be as difficult um, to get him back because the injury has complicated things for him. I feel like he was probably going to get a good pay uh, elsewhere if he was to leave. But uh, now, after this injury and the down start to the year that he had, um, we're going to be looking at a bit of an easier path for him to remain in Green Bay, which I'm excited about. I think the Packers will be too. Obviously, Rodgers loves him and the rest of the team, um, Mercedes, that whole group. So um, there's really not – like you look at this football team, Griffin, this is the one thing that we haven't had over the last several years. There's really not many holes. Uh, if we were to get most of these guys back, even not all, if not all of them, like you still go into this this season with the roster we have, heading into free agency. I mean, the new league year, you feel good about us. Even if we were to get nobody else, no draft picks, no free agents, no small money deals, nothing like that, this team would be good enough to go in and, and into the playoffs and compete for a championship. I feel like so. Um, let's just get our guys back. Let's get Devontae done. Let's get Rodgers committed to this team back in the fold on a deal where he's secure as the starter. Let's go get Devondre Campbell signed and the money that he's earned. Pay him. Just do it, right? Like, Rasul Douglas has earned a lot of money for us. Do whatever it takes to get these guys back because they are going to be the key pieces that add to and, and help us remain a Super Bowl contender. Whitney Merciless, Marquez, these guys need to come back. And I'm excited about the potential of getting them back and competing for another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. You got to, you just have to thank your lucky stars that this guy is our quarterback. And uh, if you, if we get the privilege of having him come back, no Tom Brady. You know the Rams are going to lose some guys. All these good teams, they're losing guys too. But if we could just keep a lot of the core guys we have, we are going to be right at the forefront, probably the number one seed again, because our schedule is a little bit lighter next year, even than it was this past season. Like. We are going to be back. Like, just you have to just trust it. And I'm I'm going to trust this team and and Brian and everybody involved to get the job done and and have us back at the forefront of this thing once again. Hopefully that's the case. I'm with you, Braun. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Today Inside Town Packers podcast. Thank you so much for listening this far in. If you're listening this far in, shoot us a DM. Let us know. That always makes us feel good. But uh, we'll be back. Hopefully when we're back, we'll have some more clarity about Rogers' decision. Is he retiring? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna know for sure if he is or not. So stay tuned for that episode. We're gonna get more into free agency. We're gonna get more into uh, the draft when that comes around. Combine is this week, right? This Thursday. Um, that's exciting. It's an exciting time of year before we get into the real dead of the off season over the summer. But uh, it's it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be we're gonna be. We're gonna be, we're gonna be, sound like Porky Pig. We're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be here. So follow us on Instagram and Twitter at today in Titletown at today Titletown on Twitter, and you can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers and Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. Thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. Are you keeping the Porky Pig impression in? No, I'm not. Pe- oh, I'm not why not? It. Please keep it in. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. As always, go pack, go! Excited to do this off season with Griff, and we're gonna go at it once again. Um, a lot of things coming up, important dates, the new league year, the combine, the draft. We're gonna be covering it all over these next few weeks. Go pack, go! Oh.